So we continue uh, this Lent season. Um, it is the fourth Sunday uh, of Lent. And that during this season, we are going through a series of sermons uh, based on the I am statements that Jesus spoke throughout the Gospels. And today we hear another I am statement. I am the good shepherd. Again, I think it's another timely message for us to hear today. Last week, we read from the first 10 verses of John, um, the first 10 verses of John chapter 10, rather, where Jesus stated that I am the gate for the sheep. And for those who are not following or available to follow last week, the context of John 10 is in the season of Hanukkah, or the Feast of Dedication. Hanukkah is the Hebrew word meaning dedication. The festival of dedication was a celebration for the Jewish people in response to the Jewish and Greek revolts that were going on between the Old and the New Testament's time period. And this was referred to as the Maccabean Revolt, which occurred about 168 B.C., So during this revolt and during this unrest, there were false prophets, there were corrupt priests. During this period, the temple of Jerusalem was desecrated, as I said last week, when an altar of the Greek god Zeus was constructed, and several pigs, considered unclean by the Jews, of course, were slaughtered and sacrificed in the temple. In addition, several people were killed during this revolt. When the enemy was eventually driven out of the city of Jerusalem, The temple was then cleansed, and a rededication ceremony was celebrated. This became known as the Festival of Dedication, or today, as we know it, Hanukkah. And during this well-known Jewish celebration, each year, an Old Testament passage from Ezekiel 34 was included in the liturgical readings. And Ezekiel 34, if you go and look at it in your scriptures uh, following the service, It has as its theme, the Lord will be Israel's shepherd. Ezekiel 34, it talks about false shepherds, it talks about lost sheep, and in chapter 34, verse 11, it states, For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. Now, so John 10, as we read it again this morning, does not include just some random statements of Jesus. Jesus speaks these statements in the midst of the Feast of Dedication and referring to very familiar passages for the Jewish people of Ezekiel 34. So this morning we're going to read from John 10, 11 to 21. And you can look it up in your own Bibles or on your apps or it'll also appear on the screen before us as well. But before we do, let's come to our God in a prayer. Father God, great shepherd of your sheep, we are in this period of Lent and journeying towards Good Friday and Easter Sunday, the day of your crucifixion and your resurrection. And as we do, we want to know you more and to grow our relationship with you. So bless the reading and the proclamation of your word. Bless us as we go through this Lenten series and continue your work in us through your Holy Spirit to understand further and deeper of who Jesus is and what a relationship with Jesus means for us, your children. Grant us your wisdom and your grace to know about Jesus and to know Jesus. Grant us your grace to transform us, to live our lives for the great I am. And it's only in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 10, 11 through 21. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this morning, today's message begins with the end of the passage. The final verses, 19 to 21. The Jews who heard these words were again divided, and many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? C.S. Lewis referred to verses like 19 to 21 as a dilemma. Actually, it's, I think it's called a trilemma in this case. You either see Jesus as a liar a lunatic, or the Lord. Lewis states that, quote, a man who was only a man, so a man who was only a man and said these sort of things that Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He would not be a great moral teacher because Lewis states he would be a lunatic. He would be a lunatic on the same level with the man who says that he's a poached egg. Or else he would be the devil of hell. End quote. A lunatic or a liar. Lewis continues that either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. And people of God, how are we going to respond today? So verses 19 to 21 in this passage of chapter 10 report that the Jews responded as divided. And it's stated that some thought he was demon-possessed and raving mad. And others thought, no way, that's not possible. Now Jesus was just a man. That's what some are thinking. Jesus was just a man. And then he would be a lunatic and a liar because this man is saying he's a good shepherd. And that's absolutely absurd for any human being to say. But Jesus is not only a man. He is God. And in these verses, some of the Jews refer to Jesus as open the eyes of the blind man. Again, referring to a previous miracle that John reported in chapter 9. The question at that time, and perhaps now, is he a lunatic? Is he a liar? Or is he the Lord? So scripture states that there was, was confusion during these times. Who is this Jesus? Who is this person? And he was a person wandering around, proclaiming that he was the Son of God, that he was God. 
Can we believe him? Well, today, doubts are floating around as well. If God is present, why would he allow this thing going on in my life? If God is present, why am I suffering from physical deterioration or mental health issues? If God is present, why is COVID-19 so widespread and threatening our social, financial, and economic structures and threatening our lives? In several passages in Scripture, and in this passage, Jesus refers to his people as sheep. Now, sheep are animals that are dependent on on humans for their care. Sheep are out in this wilderness. They're open to the dangers in the wilderness. Wild animals, diseases, thieves. There is even opportunity to stray away from the flock. God's people were in wilderness times in the Old and New Testaments. God's people are in wilderness times in 2020. We live in a modern desert, and this desert is dangerous. Maybe parts of Psalm 23 are coming to mind where we read in verse 4 of Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I am wilderness wandering, even though I am in this dark and deep valley in life, there are dangers surrounding me from all sides. Does worry Anxiety, fear, insecurity, and doubts tend to surface in your life these days? Well, I'm going to assume that this is the case for each of us at this time. So this morning, we look at the fact, the absolute fact, that Jesus is not a liar, that he's not a lunatic, but he is our Lord. Jesus is our good shepherd. And what does Jesus being our good shepherd mean for us today? Firstly, let's again, let, let's again be reminded that as Jesus is saying these I am statements, the Jewish listeners are recalling back to the Old Testament when God himself said to Moses in Exodus 3 verse 14, tell the people, I am who I am. That was the holy and divine name for God. I am. The Jewish listeners know that Jesus is referring, when he's saying these I am statements, that Jesus is referring to this sacred and holy name of God and saying that Jesus himself is I am. That Jesus himself is also divine. That Jesus is God. Again, that's where some of the disbelief and division occurred. Secondly, as God... Jesus, in this passage, is proclaiming that he is not only the I am, that he is not only God, but he is saying, I am the good shepherd. In the Jewish culture, shepherds were prevalent. And people understood exactly what was meant when when someone talked about shepherds and sheep. Now today, we we don't have shepherds in our Western culture. Shepherds can't be compared to farmers or even farm managers. Shepherds are not even the same as herdsmen. Shepherds take care of the flock of sheep. And Jesus is emphasizing not only the role of shepherd, he's emphasizing the role of the good shepherd. This word good, when he uses this word, it's not the same as we might use it today. As when someone asks, hey, how's it going today? And you just reply, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm all right. Things are pretty cool with me. 
The word good here refers to character. It refers to virtuous. It refers to beautiful. The word beautiful. Jesus is the beautiful shepherd. And good or beautiful shepherds know their sheep. They protect their sheep. They love their sheep. In fact, good and beautiful shepherds will lay down their life for their sheep. When it comes to shepherds, they cannot always be at the sheep pen 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They need their breaks. They need their Sabbaths. So they have these hired hands in place. And verse 12 to 13 It refers to the hired help. But the hired hands are not the same as a shepherd. They don't have this relationship, this good relationship with the sheep as the good shepherd does. So Jesus is our good shepherd. And we look at verses 14 to 15 where Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. People of God, as the good shepherd, Jesus knows his sheep, and his sheep knows him. Jesus then adds, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. You see, Jesus has a deep and close relationship with his Father. Later in chapter 10, verse 30, we didn't read it this morning, but later in chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus states how he and the Father are one. Again, reflecting the deep and intimate relationship. God the Father knows God the Son. And God the Son knows God the Father. Jesus knows his people, and his people know him. Jesus has a deep and intimate relationship with his sheep, with his people. And he calls his people, he calls each one of us to have a deep relationship with him. Psalm 139 verse 13, the psalmist declares these words, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. People, we are known. We are God's children. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. As Romans 8, verse 17, we read, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we too may share in his glory. Jesus Christ has a close relationship with his people, with us. And he desires us to respond in a close relationship with him. So people in times of doubt and uncertainty, know that you are known by Jesus. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. He is your Lord and Savior. Know that He is your good shepherd. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, knows His sheep. And He extends His hand of grace out to each one of you. And you will have the opportunity to respond by taking a hold of the shepherd's hand today. And as the good shepherd, as we said, Jesus knows his people. And then the latter part of verse 15, as the good shepherd, he lays his life down for his sheep. Again, remember that this wilderness is dangerous. The hired hand won't put his life on the line for the sheep. 
In fact, the, the regular Middle Eastern shepherd did dangerous things for the sheep, but probably didn't even lay down their life for the sheep. But here we have it. As the good shepherd, Jesus will. The good shepherd came to this earth to be obedient to his Father's will. The good shepherd came to this earth to seek and to save the lost. He came to this earth to lay down his life for his sheep, for his people. The good shepherd lay down his life. Jesus is pointing to his death. His death on the cross. And then he states that he will take it up again. Jesus is pointing us to his resurrection. Now sure, it must have been confusing for the people at that time to try to understand all of this on the, on, before the time of the cross and the resurrection. But now, people, we are on this side of the cross. We are on this side of the resurrection. Christ's death and resurrection has been fulfilled, and Christ's promise of his coming again and returning will also be fulfilled. And we can live in hope and assurance on this side of Good Friday and Easter. Finally, verse 16, we read, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen, and I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is preaching to the Jews. And he is saying to them that there are Gentiles out there that will also be saved. You see, he's saying that the gospel message is not limited to the Jews. The gospel message is also for the Gentiles. You know, and he's telling the Jews, you know those people that you guys were fighting with in the Maccabean revolt? It's for the Gentiles too. The gospel is for the nations because Jesus is the hope of the nations. People, many of us are Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus, for reaching out to the Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus, for being our hope. But here we are, March 22nd, 2020. And I'm preaching to two people sitting in the pews. The church is basically empty. Uncertain times, as with COVID-19 pandemic, they bring up questions in our minds. Of course it's going to bring up questions in our minds. One of the questions that I received this week was by telephone, and it was a great question, and I thank the person for asking it. This person was being asked by another person at work, wondering what's going on from a biblical perspective, whether this is a period of tribulation that the Bible refers to, and Jesus does talk about tribulation. And then, so this person who called me wondered how to answer this other guy. And others are asking questions as well. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole theological explanation of the end times at this time and how various things can be interpreted quite differently, in fact. We can recognize that there are many questions and many differences in our theologies. And so that means different interpretations. I mean, you can refer back to last week's message about where we talked about beliefs and convictions but there are many absolutes. And one absolute is that we have a command by our Lord Jesus Christ to share the gospel message, not just to believers, but to non-believers. And there are opportunities to share the gospel to people. How we behave in social isolation, through our phone conversations, through our online sharing, we can reflect Jesus Christ and his gospel to so many people. 
despite our perspectives of what times we are in, or if, even if some of you are talking about an Old Testament prophecy, is that being fulfilled? Despite any of this, we are called to be followers of Jesus Christ and to be obedient to his gospel. And as we read, Jesus didn't come for just for the Jews. He came for the Gentiles. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. The church is not a closed group. There are others that be, are being called into the sheep pen by Jesus Christ and allow God to use us, his people, even in times of isolation. So people, may you seek the good shepherd. May you seek the good shepherd who has already sought you out and who cares so much for you. The good shepherd, he's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. He is your Lord and he is your Lord and Savior. And may you devote your lives to the good shepherd who not only devoted his life to you, but he gave up his life for his sheep, for you. And so may you reach out. May you reach out to him and may you reach out with this good news to others in good times and in difficult times. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, I close off with these familiar words from the psalmist, Psalm of David, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And together, as God's people, wherever we are, say, Amen.